Angie has made it easier than ever to hire high-quality pros to get all your home service jobs done well. Just bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie will connect you with local pros who match your specific needs. Or book a service instantly at an upfront price. So join the millions of homeowners who use Angie to care for their homes and get your next home service job done well. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Angie has made it easier than ever to hire high-quality pros to get all your home service jobs done well. Just bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie will connect you with local pros who match your specific needs or book a service instantly at an upfront price. So join the millions of homeowners who use Angie to care for their homes and get your next home service job done well. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Blue Ribbon Content presents Batman The Audio Adventures. Thank you for agreeing to answer a few questions on the record, Dr. Arkham. I didn't agree to anything. Are you tape recording this? Who are you? I'm sorry. Vicki Vale, Gotham Gazette. Is it true only a single inmate escaped the asylum in this breakout? Breakout? Who's calling it? Nobody's calling this a breakout. Units respond for a 225. That's a breakout at Arkham Asylum. Okay, yes. We've had a patient make an unauthorized excursion from the campus. It looks like he smashed a hole in the wall of your asylum, Doctor. He hastened some long-planned renovations, Miss Vale. So it is a he. I didn't. I didn't say that. Is the escapee named Edward Nigma, Dr. Arkham? If we had a patient by that name receiving treatment here, I wouldn't tell you. Is the Riddler loose in Gotham again, Dr. Arkham? The people of the city have a right to know. There is no Riddler, Miss Vale. The so-called Riddler is the fantasy persona of a delusional narcissist. And to even mention that name gives validity to a violent and misanthropic pathology. Are you saying the Riddler is not loose, Dr. Arkin? I can neither confirm nor deny. All right, then. Thank you for your time. Just one last question. What's the difference between Gotham City and a pile of dead morons? What did you say? It's what's written on this bright green envelope the Gazette received an hour ago. Oh, oh no, wait, wait. The answer is inside. What's the difference between Gotham City and a pile of dead morons? Nothing can hurt the pile of dead morons anymore. Signed, The Riddler. Care to comment? Security, remove this woman. Back off. I know the way out. Gotham, a city wrought from shadows by the ceaseless hammering of a blind smith. Join us now for a tale of life and death in Gotham City. February 4th. The Batman is a newly deputized member of the Gotham City Police Department. And coincident with this development, Gotham City's criminal powder keg explodes. Not only is the Riddler at large, Two-Face is deteriorating mentally. His gangland rival, the Penguin, has slipped the noose of justice once again. And the Joker has threatened citywide mayhem on Valentine's Day. A volatile mixture is precariously placed and now is agitated by a passing cat. <laughs> As we resume our adventures, the tattered night sky over Gotham City is split in two by the urgent blaze of the bat signal. 
Many a common criminal looks up this night to regard it with fear and respect. But from a window in the extravagant mayor's residence, the signal is viewed by a somewhat more jaundiced eye. The bad signal. Welcome to the elegant private study of His Honor, the Mayor of Gotham City. Excuse the violent disarray, His Honor has just been robbed blind. The man himself stands amongst the ransacked ruin of his personal sanctum, gazing out the window alone, or so he believes. Look at that. Our police department relies upon help from a sadist in a bat costume. <laughs> and we, as a city, advertise the fact. With a searchlight, no less. <laughs> I mean, come on, what a joke. Statistics don't have a sense of humor, Mayor Hill. <laughs> what the? Oh, my God! The mayor turns around slowly to meet the scowling gaze of the fearsome constable of the darkness known as the Batman. As predicted, petty crime rates have already plummeted. Thank the signal for that. A little light always makes the vermin scurry back to the shadows. Hey, this place was robbed hours ago, pal. It's about time you showed up. I'm not on your schedule. If you haven't heard, the Riddler escaped Arkham last night. I'm only here as a favor to Commissioner Gordon. Favor? Oh, okay. Wait, you know what? It's the least you can do. All right, because it's, uh, you know, it's one of yours that did this. Not one of mine. Catwoman is a criminal. Oh, yeah? Oh. Well, remember, that's what you were until a few weeks ago, okay? Before we normalized insanity. Hey, you want a drink, by the way? I'm kidding. I need all this whiskey. Catwoman doesn't work for me, Mayor Hill. She's a citizen of the criminal underworld, and I don't endorse her activities. No, 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 no. Doesn't matter. They're all part of your lunatic parade, buddy. The Joker, you got that goony bird Harvey Dent, the, uh, the, the damn crocodile man in the sewers. <laughs> Come on, they're all following your lead, pal. Looks like Catwoman came to rob you and stayed to vandalize. Wow, you really are the world's greatest detective, aren't you? She didn't come in here with an axe to grind, but then she saw this hunting trophy. You weren't getting off easy once she saw the taxidermy. Uh-uh, no, I get enough of this online. I am not apologizing, okay? I shot that lion myself, legally. I believe you. This animal was clearly raised on a farm, probably hand-fed until the day it was turned loose to get shot by an inebriated stooge. That, that, hey! What did she take? I, I mean, I don't know. I had cash, had some watches locked up over uh, there. I don't know how she got that safe open, though. That's... I do. Your wall safe is an antique. She had it cracked in 30 seconds with software you can download for free. But you didn't call me to get your watches back. What was in the safe? No, I already told you. I told you. And? And, well, I mean, maybe there was a hard drive. A hard drive. Oh, yeah, yep, yeah. A lot of sensitive information on there, city planning stuff, and, uh... But also? But also, you know, some sensitive, uh, videos. It's, uh, okay, listen. Okay, this is why I had Gordon call you, okay? I hear that she's got a chip on her shoulder about this kind of thing, you know, this, uh... Is it women, Mayor Hill? Are you brokering female companionship for your cronies? Am I... <laughs> am I what? No! Brokering? I, come on. No, this video was purely for entertainment purposes. Uh, you know, it was like uh, more of a, you know, like a fashion show. Like a ladies' fashion show kind of thing. You know, a, a private beauty pageant arranged for well-connected businessmen who uh, used assumed names when placing bids on the women. Look, hey, look, don't judge me, okay? 
They were all adults, everybody involved, consenting adults. Well, I mean, you know, implied consent. They were here, weren't they? Because it's, you know, it's actually very hard to hear clearly through the masks sometimes. So, I, well, hell, you obviously understand what I'm talking about. <laughs> look at you, you gotta, you know, you rock a mask 24-7. But look, speaking of consent, okay, the footage is from the hidden camera over your desk. It is kind of from a hidden camera, and it's, you know, look, hey, it's probably gonna look bad, and during the video, I'm not wearing clothes Oh, roughly the whole time. And I hear Catwoman's, look, I hear she's a psycho about this and the whole appearance of female exploitation adjacent uh, activities. So um, how do you want to do this? How do you want to handle protecting me? Are you, <laughs> sorry, are you cooking up a bat plan right now or how does it work? It's tough to see your eyes in there. You're on your own. What? The Cape Crusader steps onto the window ledge. Whoa, 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 you're, you're just leaving? Okay, what about when she sees what's on the drive? She's going to come back for you. Here's my advice. Shoot. Tomorrow, you will announce a new city program to combat the teen runaway problem. Absolutely. You will make a large personal donation to the battered women's shelter. No problem. You will immediately dispose of these hunting trophies. Ah, uh, fine. And you will adopt a rescue cat. A rescue cat? Ah, shit! On second thought, adopt two. It's still going to go very badly for you, Your Honor, but possibly less so. Okay, you're gonna leave me to her. Great, okay. And what about that whole, I don't endorse her activities thing? This isn't an endorsement. I just know cats. They don't take orders, but they do take offense. And when they take offense, they don't underreact. Oh, come on, man. Batman. Come on, I'm begging, okay? You can do something about this. Because look, from what I've heard... You heard what? Well, I mean, I heard that the two of you, you know, they, you know, get a, under the mask a little bit. I'm sure you entertain a variety of sad fantasies. But the truth is this. I offered Catwoman a chance to go legit. She turned me down. She doesn't believe in the system. I know without the system, Gotham devours itself until there's nothing left. Okay, okay, that's great. Okay, so you've clearly thought a lot about this and what it means to you, but now what am I supposed to do, buddy? Leave town if you want, but it's over quicker for the mouse if he doesn't run. With a sudden lunge, the Batman dives out of the window and sails upon the winds of the night like his namesake. Staggering through the ransacked office with a look of blank defeat, Mayor Hill sits back down at his desk. <sighs> Doris. Yes, Mr. Mayor? Doris, I, um, I need a cat. Immediately. Good thieves know to keep secrets only in places where they can't be stolen. Gotham thieves know no such locality exists within the city limits. No strong box, safe, or vault is defense against the grasping hands of life and death in Gotham City. Clusters 50122. This is Harvey Dent. And never mind who this is. We're busy, so whatever it is can wait. Don't leave a message. <sighs> to leave a message for Harvey, please press 2. Hey, boss, it's Bob. If Bob calls in, tell him change your plans. The getaway car is white, not black, okay? Very important. I am driving a white car. Hey, boss, it's Bob. 
I don't know where Bob is, but some mug keeps circling the block in a white car. I don't like it. He's gonna eat lead if I see him one more time. Son of a... I'll call you back, boss. Harvey? It's Bruce. Bruce Wayne. I don't know if you get these messages, but I'm gonna keep leaving them anyway. Please, let me help you, Harvey. I know you're broken, but you're not ruined. I, I can't know what you're going through, but I know whatever it is, I'll be there for you on the other side of it. End of messages. Gotham, the night sky teams with a melancholy whippoorwill. Join us now for another tale of life and death in Gotham City. In his private aviary, high atop the fabulously decadent Iceberg Casino, that obscene overlord of organized crime known as the Penguin is busy rehearsing with his house entertainment. <laughs> we are just days away from the casino's spectacular Ice Age Gala, a swinging annual soiree that doubles as the Gotham Underworld's wildest night on the town. And Oswald Cobblepot does not settle for less than perfection. From the top! Pour the whiskey, pour the vino. The iceberg's got roulette and kino. It's a sizzling time in a pro and casino. It's a hot night at the old South Pole. So don't get left out of the cold. <laughs> That's just divine, my chickadees, divine. You'll thrill them at the gala, a symphony in synchronicity. I've long said those four cassowary girls are the finest sister act in Gotham. Don't I say that, Mr. DeCondor? With frequency, Mr. Cobblepot, sir. With frequency, yes, that's the word. I say it all the time. But please, ladies, try to smile. You look stricken. I feel like morale is low ever since Trixie got fired. Should I not have fired Sister Trixie in front of the other girls, Mr. DeCondor? Well, most of them had never seen a flamethrower before, sir. <laughs> Good point, Francisco Old Egg. Would have been startling, most likely. That'll be all, ladies. Go relax. Save it for the big gala Saturday night. What's next, Mr. DeCondor? Mr. Finchley is here to see you, sir. What? Get in here, Finchley! Where have you been, you gutless jellyfish? Did you get it? Well, Oswald, it wasn't easy. Good, because I don't pay for easy. Easy is free, and I recall writing you a check. A very big check, wasn't it, Finchley? So I ask you again, did you get it? Yes, Oswald, success. <laughs> Success! If you sign here, and here, congratulations, Oswald. It costs a small fortune, but you now own a perfectly preserved woolly mammoth, flash frozen in an ancient slab of glacier ice at the end of the Pleistocene era. Now that's a pricey iceberg. The perfect centerpiece for my Ice Age Kerala. At the very last moment, I was able to outbid the Gotham Museum of Natural History. They were furious, I don't have to tell you. Oh, is the museum mad at me? Calhora! Is that all for now, then, Finchley? Well, no. I've got some, uh, well, very bad news, Oswald. Very bad news, is it? Careful, Finchley. Well, 
Oswald, please understand, the museum had big plans for a prize specimen. She was going to be the centerpiece of the new Thomas and Martha Wayne Memorial Life Science Wing. Oh, boo-hoo! The Wayne family will live. Well, many of them don't, but that's my point. I mean, you can't swing a flamingo in this town without hitting a Wayne Memorial something or other. <laughs> you would think they were the only two people ever to be shot to death. Yes, well, uh, nevertheless, in retaliation, the museum board has uh, um, uh, scuttled the plan to use your generous donation to build the Oswald Copplepot Hall of Birds. What? I knew you'd be angry. Angry? This is an outrage! They already cast my donation. I'll sue them into oblivion! Well, no, Oswald, that's not advisable, because the director of the museum has decided they are building an Oswald Copplepot Hall with the funds, as they agreed to. Only now it's the Oswald Copplepot Hall of Penguins. That sounds like... Ridicule, Finchley. Oh, I, I don't think it... Uh... Ridicule. Humiliation. The obvious implication, Finchley, is that Oswald Cobblepot looks like a penguin, isn't it, Finchley? Waddling. Stunt it. Oswald, please, be the bigger man. <laughs> Did you just... I didn't mean... I hate that nickname. I famously hate that nickname. That's a name used exclusively by sassmouth gutter trash. You let them humiliate me like this. Oswald, I know you're upset, but... Da, 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 da. You're mistaken, Finchley. I'm just taking a little stroll through my memory palace. Your wife's name is Evelyn, I recall. And you have a son named Jason, who requires insulin, and a mother named Hester, who requires dialysis. Oswald, I don't like where you're going with this. Who is your least favorite of the three, would you say? Most men rightly say they're mothers, but some men choose their wives. <laughs> Oswald, please, we went to school together. Enough, Oswald. <laughs> Mr. Cobblepot. The sweat-drenched functionary sits stunned and motionless, like a pigeon that has flown into plate glass. What? What do you want me to do, M Mr. Cobblepot? The truth is, nothing can be done. So I want you to say, I'm sorry, Mr. Cobblepot. I am sorry. Don't say it again. I'm sorry, Mr. Cobblepot. Yes, no, see, it, it just doesn't last. I'm furious again already, Finchley. You weak little tinkle of remorse quelled my rage for like maybe ten seconds. You failed me. What I want more than anything right now is to see Mr. DeCondor stick this umbrella down your throat and open it slowly. Please. Not that, please. But I'll give you a second chance. Oh, oh thank you, Mr. Cobblepot. Uh, anything you need, I'll... Oh, I need. See this black and white beauty? Come here, precious. <laughs> this beautiful girl is a pied minor bird. I just acquired her from an appreciative business associate. He just had a bracing sponge bath and kerosene, you understand? So he appreciated me not flicking lit matches at him. Oh. I'm thinking of naming her either Lucretia or Wilhelmina. What do you think, my feathered treasure? 
she is the most gifted mimic of all bird species. And while she hasn't learned any speech yet, she's capable of saying hundreds of phrases in dozens of languages. But now, I only want her to say one thing. I'm sorry, Mr. Cobblepot. Do you understand me? I-I-I think I... I don't think you do. You're going to take this bird home with you, Finchley, and you are going to say, I'm sorry, Mr. Cobblepot, to it over and over and over. You will say, I'm sorry, Mr. Cobblepot, until your throat splits and you gag on your own blood. When you give me that bird back, I want it saying an I'm sorry, Mr. Cobblepot. That would fool your no-doubt sainted mother. See, I want this beautiful bird fluent in your wretched contrition. Then I will keep her in a gold cage on my desk. And every time I forget, I forgave you and start to think about how much I would enjoy having satisfaction in this matter. I will hear that bird say, I'm sorry, Mr. Cobblepot. And like magic, my forgiving nature will be refreshed get to keep your vulgar little family intact for another day. Oh, thank you, Oz. M Mr. Copperpot, thank you. You won't regret this. Come now, beautiful bird, Lucretia, will it be? Oh, that's a lovely... Well, I've decided on Philomena. Just know that you would better not ever err again, Finchley. I have a large collection of umbrellas, custom-built to suit very specialized needs. With haste, the terrified Toadie makes his escape as the Penguin's towering secretary brings him a fresh 1923 Chateau Cygnus Sancerre. Well, thank you, Mr. De Condor. That was a charitable of you, Mr. Cobblepot, giving Mr. Finchley a second chance. Well, not really, Francisco, old chap. You see, that wasn't in truth a pied minor bird at all. It's a common pied crow! <laughs> no power of speech! That bird can't mimic anything! <laughs> Finchley can talk himself to death, and he might. <laughs> but that bird will never talk back. <laughs> Diabolical! What? Ah, uh, indeed. Very good, sir. Physical violence is overrated. I often find mental anguish to be the more excruciating pain to inflict. Don't you, Mr. De Condor? No, sir. But I am a simple man, sir. <laughs> that you are, Mr. De Condor. <laughs> Don't change. Now then, let's move on to our plans for that Janist-faced half-wit Harvey Dent. Two-Face is quite obviously losing the other half of his mind, and we need to position ourselves to profit from that fallout. I want you to place a classified ad that reads as follows. <laughs> Seagulls group together to form a flock. Owls, a parliament. Crows, a murder. But the penguin stands alone, feathering his nest of life and death in Gotham City. Thank <laughs> you.
Now for a tale of life and death in Gotham City. In the chill depths of the secret Batcave, the Cape Crusader consults with his miraculous crime-fighting creation, that electronic eighth wonder of the world, the Batcomputer. A dizzying display of news and information flashes before the trained eyes of a master detective at near subliminal speed. I have an important tactical advantage when dealing with a potential Riddler crime wave, Alfred. You are very skilled with the Sunday Gazette's crossword puzzle, sir. No, I'm talking about time. Despite his staggering intellect, Edward Nigma's elaborate criminal riddles take time to craft. It's his obsessive perfectionism. <laughs> I'm acquainted with the type, sir. While Riddler schemes, it's vital I stabilize the situation with Harvey before I have to fight a war on... There, Alfred. I knew I sensed the ripple in the crime sphere. Have a look at this. The newsletter of the Gotham Ornithological Society, sir. Look at this announcement. It says a Mr. Couples is exhibiting a pair of rare toucans at his residence at number 202 Doubleday Street tomorrow. This isn't what it seems. Are these unusually nefarious toucans, sir? It's a setup, Alfred. The exotic birds are a calling card. This is a brazen attempt by the Penguin to bait Two-Face, a pair of toucans on Doubleday Street. I see. Mr. Dent and his tragic fascination for duality will certainly find that uh, provocative. Needless to say, there's no one named Couples on the membership role of the Ornithological Society. Two-Face will probably know he's being played, 
but his obsession with the number two will compel him to investigate. This makes no sense. Harvey is the 800-pound gorilla that keeps the small-timers below the line. If he goes down, Penguin loses, at least in the short term. Why is Penguin inflaming Harvey's breakdown? If I may, sir, does a man like Oswald Carpelpot need a reason to torment the mentally ill? Hmm. Angle satellite beta on 202 Doubleday Street, maximum zoom. Yes, thermal and ultraviolet. What am I looking at here? Really, that's a lot of wattage for a private residence. It's a mystery to me how you understand that purported modern convenience. Oh, I know you understand the bad computer perfectly well, Alfred. You just don't like what it thinks of you. I'm sorry, what it thinks of me. We've got motion on the scene. No time to lose. Alfred, do we still have that Kandinsky painting? Pardon me, sir. Wassily Kandinsky? You have nine Kandinsky paintings, sir. I mean, Exotic Birds, 1915. Announced Bruce Wayne is putting it up for charity auction. Ah, that will provoke Mr. Cobblepot. Exactly. The Dark Knight flies to the fabulous Batmobile and makes ready to leave. Penguin has always wanted that painting. Makes an offer to Bruce Wayne twice a year. He'll try to bribe you for an exclusive bid. Don't return his phone call. His rage will distract him while I surveil the Doubleday Street location. You're pouting. You don't like the plan. That Kandinsky really cheers the atmosphere in the conservatory. I'll buy you a Chagall. As the atomic age automobile races away, the disappointed domestic sighs. Ah, Chagall. It is not the same, and he knows it. In Gotham, there is no honor amongst thieves. The city's criminals are beset by law and outlaw alike. Why, then, does evil so often prevail? A central mystery of life and death in Gotham City. Gotham City this town, am I right, folks? If it's not bats, it's cats. If it's not cats, it's clowns. How do you keep your sanity? Most don't. But the ones who do, watch Gotham City One. All the news, weather, and traffic you need, plus me, Jack Ryder. Coming up tonight on Gotham is Talking, we've got a Coast City woman who claims to be the mother of the boy wonder. That's right. Robin is actually my little boy, Varney, what got kidnapped by the Batman, who is a spaceman named Zurinar. Hey, so are these cookies free? Plus, juvenile Joker fans. Funny fat or dangerous teen trend? Get the gag, Dad. Joker knows the punchline and it's a scream. <laughs> then learn to fight like the Batman with octogenarian self-defense expert Lloyd Davenport. Hiya! All this plus traffic from transit reporter Myron Armbruster and cooking tips with a Gotham Gourmet, who, let's face it, is going to get bumped again tonight for breaking coverage of the impending Riddler attack. Sorry in advance, Maurice. Gotham is talking on Gotham City One. If it matters to GC, it's on our TV show. You guys are right. That's clunky. Gotham City
Life and Death in Gotham City. Epilogue. The office of Dr. Jeremiah Arkham, director of Arkham Asylum for the Criminally Insane. As the good doctor will tell you, the escape of a psychopathic mastermind from his facility reliably brings three things. A citywide feeling of dread, the umpteenth review of asylum security protocols, and an absolutely intolerable amount of paperwork. You wanted to see me, Dr. Arkham? Ah, Dr. Snedeker. Yes, please come in, but don't sit down. You're fired. What, fired? I've been working at the asylum less than a month. And yet that was more than enough time for you to facilitate the Riddler's escape. Nice work. Now, go clean out your desk. But that's outrageous. I was showing great progress with Mr. Enigma, and I had nothing to do with his escape. I thought he escaped with the aid of some kind of robot bulldozer. Smashed right through a cell wall and drove him away, yes. Classic Eddie Enigma. See, he's what happens when God gives a homicidal South Gotham hooligan an IQ of 300. I warned you. He was showing pronounced agitation lately. You were well aware that he had to be sedated and moved to a new cell away from those ridiculous new bat signal tests in the sky. And now he's escaped because you broke protocol. Broke protocol? Is this about... <sighs> he wanted to play chess. I saw therapeutic value in letting his mind work on benign problems. That's within my purview, so I gave him an old computer. You should have just unlocked the cell door and escorted him off the ground. It would have saved us the repair cost. The so-called computer I gave him was a glorified calculator, a toy. Ooh, a toy. My young son plays with it. It's harmless. No email, no internet. There's nothing on it but a chess program. What does it have to do with Allow me to enlighten you. We've pieced it together. The first thing Nigma did with your son's toy was beat the chess program. Then he accessed the code, rewrote, and vastly improved the chess program. Then he sold his improvements to a Russian software conglomerate for $2.2 million. This took about 40 minutes. But sold? How? Oh, this is where it gets good. Nigma pulled the motherboard out of your son's toy computer and he hardwired it to the light socket in his cell. He used that arrangement to access the Wi-Fi router in your office, Dr. Snedeker. But he... Yes, the world's most brilliant delinquent somehow deduced your password was password. Then he had the full run of the internet. He set up a Cayman Island bank account and made the deal with the Russians. Next, he rented an abandoned factory not far from the asylum gates. Oh, no. He purchased all the individual mechanical components for his jailbreaking bulldozer and had them rush delivered to the factory floor, where at Riddler's direction, a pair of robot assembly arms proceeded to unpack and assemble the parts into a self-driving battering ram of his own design. Then, it was just a matter of waiting for his ride to smash through a cell wall and pick him up. But he, he said he just wanted to play chess. You're going to want to leave now, Dr. Snedeker. It's red like out there. One of those police surveillance blimps was stolen this afternoon. No word on who the thief was, but he left a note. It said, question, what's the difference between an unmanned aircraft and a big batch of viral encephalitis? Uh, oh, what? Answer, one kills millions when it's airborne. You haven't heard that one? I'm surprised. It's a classic. That will be all, Dr. Snedeker. The psychiatrist, Ashen, turns to leave. He pauses suddenly at the door. Oh. Something else, Dr. Snedeker? Trust. The answer is trust. I'm sorry? The last thing Mr. Nigma said to me, it was a riddle. No kidding. 
I just got it, he said. I'm forged without a smith. I break without a blow. When I'm revealed to be a myth, you'll be the last to know. What am I? <laughs> forged without a smith? What? Trust. The answer is trust. The Riddler is an enigma, possibly the world's most brilliant man. But does his brilliance shine more brightly for the darkness that underlies it? Such paradoxes are regularly seen amidst life and death in Gotham City. To be continued. Audio Adventures, written and directed by Dennis McNicholas. Based on the DC comic Batman, created by Bob Kane with Bill Finger. Based on characters from DC Comics, with performances by Jeffrey Wright, Ike Barinholtz, Rosario Dawson, Toby Huss, John Leguizamo, Tim Meadows, Seth Myers, Bobby Moynihan, Chris Parnell, Paula Pell, Katie Rich, Ben Rogers, Pete Schultz, Brooke Shields, Jason Sudeikis, Alan Tudyk, Ray Wise, Anna Crow, Erica Phillips, Rosie Phillips, Tony Phillips. Executive produced by John Berg. Executive produced by Killian Van Rensler, Deborah Henderson, and Jordana Freyberg. Produced by Dennis McNicholas. Produced by Angela Petrella. Music by Doug Bossy. Sound recording, design, and mixing by Big Yellow Duck. Sound design, mixing, dialogue editing, and re-recording mixing by Chris Gibney. Production manager, Kay Tinder. Post supervisor, Deanna Saracino. Writer's assistants, Trey Woodard and Scott Weinstein. Additional sound recording by Iceman Audio. Production legal, Jordan Rock. Production accounting, Reva Jones and Stephen D. Smith. Original songs by Doug Bossy and Tony Phillips. Special thanks, Bill Weinstein and Brian Besser. Production services provided by Insurrection Media. The characters and events depicted in this podcast are fictional. Any similarity to any actual person, living or dead, or to any actual events, firms, places, and institutions or other entities is coincidental and unintentional. This podcast is protected under the laws of the United States and other countries, and its unauthorized duplication, distribution, or exhibition may result in civil liability and criminal prosecution. Country of first publication, United States of America. Batman, the audio adventures. Copyright 2019, Warner Brothers Entertainment Incorporated. Batman and all related characters and elements are trademark and copyright DC Comics. All rights reserved. <laughs>